0: So good morning! What an amazing morning it's been so far. It's an absolute pleasure to be part of a baptism service, isn't it? I mean, how good has it been? Incredible! I don't need to preach; Jake's already done the sermon, so I'm going to sit down in a second. <laughs> no, so so proud of him. Uh, if you're a visitor here this morning and you've come along to support these guys, then you are so so welcome. Honestly, it's it's amazing to have you here. And uh, how good is it to see young people being baptised? I mean, for a young person in 2017 to stand up and say, yes, I've encountered God. Yes, I want to live a different life. Yes, God has changed me. I mean, that's so courageous, isn't it? That's so refreshing, and they deserve a huge amount of credit for that. So well done, guys. I couldn't be any prouder this morning. Yeah, let's give them a clap. Come on. But that's what happens when you meet Jesus, isn't it? Jesus calls you to live differently, Jesus changes you, not out of an obligation, but out of a sense of joy, and out of a sense of adventure, and out of a sense of purpose, because true love changes everything. The other great thing this morning is it's amazing to see different nationalities of young people getting baptised as well, crossing divides, culturally rich, and this is just a symbol of what we are at Jubilee. Jubilee. We're a multicultural, multi-ethnic, multi-age generational family here, and that is amazing. That's a unique thing, and we can't forget what God is building here in Jubilee. Let's not get too over-familiar with that. Let's keep getting excited by what God is doing in our family, yeah? Okay. I'm going to talk uh, really quickly this morning. Uh, Well, I always do, but I'm going to be doing a short message. (laughs) Let's rephrase that. I'm going to be doing a really short message this morning explaining a little bit about why these guys have decided to make this decision to be baptised. like What is all the fuss about? What has happened in these guys' lives to make them want to choose a new life which goes against the norm? So our topic this morning is, in Christ I am a new creation. And if you've got a Bible, you might want to start turning to 2 Corinthians 5, verses 14 to 18. The words are going to be on the screen behind me if you don't have a Bible. But before we get into anything Christian, okay, I'm going to do a little bit of education for our younger guests this morning. Okay, so if you are below 20, stick your hand up for me. There's a lot of liars in this church. (laughs) Okay. All right, okay. So I'm going to give you a little bit of education this morning, guys, about a program that was on telly in the 90s, okay, before some of you were even born. All right. And this is a program called Stars In Their Eyes. Who remembers this? Incredible. So, the way Stars In Their Eyes worked was, essentially it was a singing competition where people would come on and they would dress up as a famous singer and sing a famous song, all right? And then the audience would clap and everyone would vote for who sounded most like the person they were supposed to be. Sounds terrible, doesn't it? It was great. (laughs) Saturday night's ITV one, amazing. But this program, all right, had this amazing moment where the contestant would stand next to our friend Matthew up there, all right, in front of these massive doors, okay, and there was this famous catchphrase on Stars on the Rise where they would say, tonight, Matthew, I'm going to be, all right, and then they would spin and go into these massive doors and loads of smoke would appear and then they would come out dressed as this amazing singer. It was incredible, Like, there would be like Shirley Bassey, Freddie Mercury, and Stevens. Ask your parents. (laughs) I'm going to ask my parents. (laughs) But for me, as a young person, it was incredible because I did not know that it was pre recorded. So for me, it was like a person would disappear. And the second they'd come out dressed as Ronan Keating. I was like, what the heck has happened? It was amazing. Anyway, this morning I want to talk about Stars in the Rise a little bit because sometimes we see the Christian faith a little bit like Stars in the Rise. So we see it as like when we become a Christian, we end up acting and looking a little bit different, but deep down, we're still us. But I want to put a different point of view across this morning. I want to put a different point of view across and say that we are actually new creations when we become Christians. Okay, so let's read from 2 Corinthians 5. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So this morning I've got two really simple points for us, okay? I've got before and I've got after, okay? Two points, before and after. Let's pray quickly before we get into it. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for this morning, lords. God, I thank you so much for what you've been doing in those young people's lives. I thank you so much for the transformation, Lord. I thank you so much for the new birth that these guys have had in you, Lord. And God, I pray this morning, would you be speaking to our hearts, Lord. As we hear uh, from your word, would you be speaking to our hearts, Lord. Would you challenge us, Lord. And will you really help us to grasp what it means to be a new creation in Christ. Amen. Okay, so let's talk about the before. To keep the stars and the rise analogy going, let's talk about the moment before the person goes into the big doors. That passage said the old life is gone. But what is this old life? What is so bad about the human condition that we need to be reborn? Let me make this personal. What did these guys this morning, uh, uh, what did God reveal to these guys this morning about themselves that made them desperately want to be new? That made them want to chuck out their old life and choose a life with God? What is it? What is it about the human condition? See, the fact is this generally speaking, as people, we live to please ourselves. That's the way it works. We have a huge focus on what I can do, don't we? If I work hard, I will achieve this. If I study hard, I will achieve this. If I save up all my money, I can buy this, and I'll achieve this. And we spend our time trying to be as successful as we can in order to become as rich or important as we can be. That's generally what happens, isn't it, in the world? But what happens when you reach that success? What happens when you get that point of ultimate success? We want more. We're never satisfied, we keep looking for the next thing that'll make life worth living, no matter what the cost. So Jim Carrey, who's a famous actor, says this, he says, "'I wish everyone could get rich and famous "'and have everything they've ever dreamed of "'so that they can see that that's not the answer.'" All is striving, it leads nowhere, and if, as people, all we strive to do is be as successful as we can be or get as much as we can get, or to be perfectly loved by another, we will eventually realize that those things don't or can't deliver. We realize that chasing after them all the time is exhausting, and it takes us away from real joy and happiness, and the feeling that deep down there's more to life than this. We realize that something or someone is missing. yeah. And that's what these guys this morning have realized. They've grasped that that something, that someone that was missing was God's. See, if you only live your life for yourself, you're going to end up disappointed, aren't you? But this passage is saying something else. It's saying that when we accept Jesus, when we are born again, when we're alive to God, we no longer live to please ourselves, but our life takes on a whole new meaning. Our life is no longer about pleasing us, but about pleasing Christ. And he is the only one who can bring never-ending happiness value, security, purpose, and a love that changes everything. Amen. Come on. Do you know what? People here, you'll know about the pressure to perform. It's, It's sold to us every day. I must achieve this. I must get these exam results. I must get this job. I must look good. I must have him. I must have her. If you throw in Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat and Instagram, I must get these likes. It's pressure, pressure, pressure to perform, isn't it? Bill, Snapchat's like a little app and you send pictures to each other for 10 seconds. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Okay, life without Christ is a constant battle. And this is something I found in my own life when I was younger. You know what, all I wanted to do when I was younger was finish school and get into sixth form. Then when I achieved that, all I wanted to do was get a job. And then when I achieved that, all I wanted to do was get a car. I bought a Nissan Micra. When I got that one, a different car, a better one. I was striving to always get the next thing, but whenever I got it, I was never, ever satisfied. Because as I've said, when our focus is on ourselves, we will always have this pressure to perform. But if our focus is on God and pleasing Jesus, that pressure is taken away completely because He satisfies us fully, perfectly, completely, and eternally. And that's what these guys discovered this morning. Jesus. If you're not a Christian here this morning, then Jesus is the treasure that he wants you to find. Do you know what? There's a story in the Bible about one of Jesus' best mates called Peter. Um, and Peter messes up big style on loads of occasions. Like he says stupid stuff and does even stupider things. If I had to describe Peter in one word, and I'd use a bit of Teesside lingo for this, I would say Peter is a massive Doyle. Alright? <laughs> Chris's family from London, Doyle just means a bit stupid. All right, we use that word up here in, uh, in Teesside. But Jesus called Peter and invited him into an amazing adventure. Why? Because Peter chose to live his life for Christ and not for himself. Peter was called to an amazing adventure because he chose Christ over himself. And when we do that, it changes everything because God is always the God of second chances and he deliberately chooses the unlikelies. If you're here this morning and you feel like you're sick of always striving for something, always trying hard to achieve something, messing up time and time again, I want to offer you a different way of life. Choose to live for someone else. Choose to live for Jesus. Or, if this morning you are a Christian, but just recently you've been feeling that pressure to perform, I want to call you this morning to come back to Jesus. Don't worry about performing, don't worry about striving, because Jesus is all you need. Look, this is a very really simple message this morning, but this is the essence of the Christian faith. Before we have Jesus, we have striving. We have fallen below the standards, we have selfish, self-centered lifestyles, but in Jesus we get offered something completely different. Galatians 5:1 says this: "It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. In other words, enjoy freedom. Before I go into the after, I just want to go back to Stars in the Rise for a second. Okay, because as I said earlier, people often see the Christian faith like Stars in the Rise, where you have a bit of a transformation, but deep down you're still destined to mess up. But the Bible doesn't say that. It says when you become a Christian, when you are in Christ, you are a new creation, a totally new life, a totally new you. Uh, every time I preach, I like to have a little tweetable quote that you guys can tweet, alright? I'm going to steal this morning from a Christian author called Phil Muir. Right, Phil Muir says this He says, We are not reformed, we are not rehabilitated or re educated, we are literally reborn. We are not reformed, we are not rehabilitated, we are not re educated, we are literally reborn. How exciting is that? You know, people say to me sometimes, oh, You're not one of them born again Christians, are you? and born again. That's the only type of Christian. That's the only type. When you encounter God, you become born again. So yes, I'm one of those born again Christians. I'm proud of it. So that's the before. Let's talk about the after. The glorious news about the after is that we can confidently say that when we are in Christ, we are new creations joined with Christ. These guys this morning can confidently say that they are new creations joined with Christ. Christ. Let me give you another passage from the Bible. It comes from Colossians 3.1. It says this, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Look at that last line again there. Your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Do you see what that's saying? When God looks on you as a believer, as one who trusts in Jesus, he sees you in all the righteousness and purity and beauty of Jesus. Everything that's true of Jesus is true of you. You begin to look like Jesus, and that's why the early church started calling each other Christians. It started as a mick take by others, but it stuck because it was true. As Christians, we literally reflect Jesus. As new creations, we become like Christ. As a guy in my youth group used to say, it's as if we had Jesus with skin on. Weird analogy. But that is how people should see us. Let me give you another verse from the Bible just to explain what it means to be in Christ. Romans 6, 5 says this, it says, For we have been united with him, Jesus, in a death like his. We will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. United with him. And the word united here is taken from a gardening term, which literally means engrafted at the root. Now, I don't know much about gardening. I have a couple of plants in my garden. But what I do know is that roots are pretty important, aren't they? The root of the plant is where the plant gets its life from. It's where it gets its food from. So for us to be joined to Christ in that way is so, so significant. And that is what righteousness is about, being joined to Christ. Another important thing to remember about this after transformation is that when we are made uh, righteous, we are joined to Christ and become part of him, not because of anything that we've done, but because of what God has done. John Hosier, who's a teacher in our family of churches, was here last week. Uh, He writes about this in one of his books. He says, we also have a great security. This great salvation is the result of God's initiative before us. Righteousness comes from God who justifies. He makes us righteous. It's all a result of Jesus' sacrifice for us. It all comes from God. Because he made us a new creation, we no longer have to be defined by our old life because we are made defined by Jesus. That makes sense, yeah? Let me put it another way, okay? Imagine a person, imagine a man who's worked years and years to get rich. He's put in hours and hours of hard work. He's given his life for this, he's grafted hard. And now that he's rich, he has it all. Well done to him, yeah. But now he decides to get married. Good decision. But how do all of his riches come to his wife? Is it by her hard work? Is it by her brilliance or diligence? Is it through her hours of grafting? No, it's through that legal union by grace. Nothing that she has worked for. Nothing that she necessarily deserved because of her past, but amazing, radical grace. The fruit of his past is now hers, automatically. That's how it is with us and Christ. See, that verse in Romans 6 is shockingly saying that everything Jesus Christ has done is now legally true of you. The determining factor in your relationship with God is no longer your past, but Christ's past. See, one of the barriers people often have to accept in Jesus is not feeling good enough. Not feeling deserving of this amazing gift. I know that's true because I felt it. I said the same thing before I was a Christian. I said, how could God love an angry teenager from Darlington? That exact thought crossed my mind. But if you're feeling like that this morning, you need to hear this. The Father loves you and accepts you and delights in you and sees you as having all of the beauty and greatness and glory of his son Jesus when you are in Christ. We're allowed to celebrate that. Will you start seeing yourself in the same light? Will you stop feeling condemned and useless and pointless? Because that is not who you are anymore. That is not how God sees you when you are in Christ. He sees Jesus in you you don't need to worry about not feeling good enough or feeling like you haven't done anything to earn this free gift because God doesn't expect anything from you. As Andrew Wilson puts it, he's a Christian author, he says this, the astonishing thing about all of this is that you and I contribute nothing whatsoever to our salvation. We bring as much to our salvation as we do to the spinning momentum of the earth. We couldn't save ourselves before the foundation of the world. We weren't even there. Nor could we redeem ourselves by our actions. We could try, but we would fall flat on our face. Only in Christ are any of these blessings, let alone all of them, available. It's all because of him. It's all because of Jesus. You just need to choose to enjoy this free gift. You need to make the decision to enjoy this free gift. And that is what these guys demonstrated this morning. They've accepted this free gift and have chosen this new life what an amazing thing that is. Okay, I'm going to end in a second. I said it'd be short. Uh, but I've got a quick analogy to use. All right? I've paraphrased this or stolen it in other words from C.S. Lewis, who's a famous author. I've put it in my own words. But he talks about this change that God makes in our lives. All right? He uses an amazing analogy. So I want you to imagine yourself as a house. okay? And God decides that he's going to move in and make some renovations to your house. He's going to make some renovations. So he starts to make some changes to you. He starts lifting up some carpets, taking some wallpaper off, and then he starts to knock some walls down, making some bigger changes. He knocks some walls down, he adds some floors on here or there, and then you start to realise that what God is doing is he's not remaking your own little house, but he's making a palace fit for a king. He's turning your small, tiny house into a palace which is fit for himself. He's creating a home to live in, and that is what it's like when we are in Christ, when we become new creations. God does more than we can ever ask or imagine, and that is the beauty of the gospel. He wants your life to declare the glory and majesty of his life. You may have come here this morning to support these guys getting baptised, or to see what church is all about, and as I've As the morning's been going on, you might have started to decide you want to know more about God. If you have, I want to challenge you and encourage you to explore God. See what change God can make in your life. Have huge expectations about what God can do in your life. We run something called an Alpha Course in Jubilee, and we're going to be starting one later on this year. I'm going to show a video at the end, but if you've been challenged this morning and you want to know more about God, then I want to encourage you to come along to Alpha. Honestly, I'm going to finish now, but if I were to use a house analogy on myself, I was the worst of all houses. Before I knew God, I was like a dilapidated house with no windows, like stinky and dirty and rotten. That's how I felt. Like Before I knew God, I was completely like unconfident and shy and quiet and just... You know, felt like I was unworthy, felt like low on confidence. But when I met God some 10, 11 years ago, he changed my life. He transformed my life beyond anything I could have ever asked for or experienced. And he can do the same for you. If the van could come up, that would be great. Will you let God make that transformation in your life? Let me finish with the passage again. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation The old things have passed away. Behold, the new things have come. Now all these things are from God, who reconciled us to Himself through Christ. We're going to do now.